0: Hi everyone thanks for coming back to another episode of the weld.com podcast I am Jessica Matthew and I have with me Sean Floatman he is also known as Dab Swellington which I'm sure most of you have seen him on Instagram Sean thanks for being with us oh, it's
1: my
0: pleasure. yeah I'm happy to have you why don't you go ahead and give everyone a little backstory about where you went to welding school
1: well, that's going to be a quick story because I never attended school for welding. Okay. Um, I didn't take any welding in high school. Uh, I had almost zero experience. Uh, I mean, I guess we probably stick welded together a couple bicycle forks uh, when we were very young, just messing around. But anything of a professional manner uh, would have been started uh, whenever I was a temporary at Washington Metal Fabricators. Okay. And I started working there as I was attending college classes for business management, uh, and quickly realized that another two or four years in the classroom uh, was not going to be uh, for me anymore.
0: So what did you do right out of college?
1: Well, uh, as soon as I started working for Washington Metal Fabricators, uh, I I, don't know, I think I attended for the first full semester there, uh, and then dropped out of college and uh, went full force into welding.
0: Okay, so where was your first job?
1: Uh, That was at Washington Metal Fabricators, and I actually started out uh, in the polishing department there. That is where I got uh, the skills for all the mirror-finishing artwork and stuff that you see nowadays, Uh, so I learned that very early on, and I got my first um, experience welding um, when the grinders would grind through all of the mirror-finished artwork, or mirror-finished tables and what have you that we were making at Washington Metal Fabricators. Uh, The real welders did not necessarily want to fix all the stuff that the grinders had chewed to pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they gave me a welder back in the grinding department, and I slowly learned how to fix all of the mistakes, um, eventually becoming good enough that I worked myself into a full-time welding position there.
0: That's interesting. So what are you up to right now in your career?
1: Uh, My career now? Um, is kind of all over the place, but my, the definition of my job would be student outreach coordinator um, for American Welding Academy. Uh, so what that really means is um, I'm kind of the tip of the spear here. Uh, I'm going into high schools. I'm going into career centers all throughout the Midwest, uh, promoting for American Welding Academy. Um, but really, I'm going to these programs to basically take over the class for the day, Sit down, uh, run some stainless TIG welding demos with all the students um, and just answer their questions um, and just kind of give them a brief overview of what could be available uh, for them in the trades if they decide to take something, you know, along those lines versus a a white collar job.
0: Mm -hmm. What's usually the response that they get or that you get whenever they see you um, TIG welding?
1: um it really depends a lot of the places i'm going to this year um it's my second visit you know uh, i'm coming back around for that second date after i did the introduction last year Mm -hmm. um so it's really cool in those instances because a lot of them are following me on either tiktok or instagram at that point uh so they they already know before i'm showing up just randomly uh so they're kind of primed and ready to do some tig welding that day um and with the fronius machinery that i'm bringing I'm able to really dial everything back uh, and program this as basic as possible uh, to where they can usually sit down and replicate something that I've done with direct DC current. Um, I incorporate a pull sequence in there to where most times these students are able to flip up that hood, see something very close to what I was laying down. Um, just, you know, with the proper machine settings uh, and a little guidance, it's actually, you know, rather easy. As long as you're right there working hand in hand with someone to produce those results.
0: Mm-hmm. So they do actually get to weld as well.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I I get the biggest kick out of being someone's first time TIG experience,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and you know, showing them showing them the ropes.
0: Have you ever wanted to be a welding instructor in a classroom setting?
1: Um. I don't know if the classroom setting would be the most advantageous for me personally. Um, I'm a hands on learner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a hands on teacher. And be frankly honest, um, a lot of the book skills are the things that uh, I suffer from. You know, learning on the job, I was able to learn a lot of the physical skills, uh, but the science behind it and, you know, all of that stuff, uh, there's still a lot that I need to learn. So, I mean, that is definitely a position somewhere down the line that I might be able to work myself into Mm -hmm. Um, but we've got a highly educated staff here that that knows far more than I do uh, when you get deep down into the subject so I'll leave that up to them for now.
0: So but you have to get a lot of questions I'm assuming like on your Instagram or even your TikTok. What are some types of messages that you get? Like, are they from students or are they from older people even who are just interested in doing like your type of technique?
1: That's a complete mixed bag, honestly. Um, I mean, a lot of people are asking, you know, for the artwork, it's, what are your settings? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish I could just tell some people that there was a magic setting. Um, but for TIG welding, especially, you know, it, all really boils down to your arc length, your travel speed, and your gas coverage. Uh, If any one of those are not consistent, then you're not going to have consistent results. Uh, And the artwork especially um, requires everything to be perfectly consistent. Um, And in the beginning, the exact same thing. Um, These students have to realize that every subtle little nuance uh, that happens between either your torch hand, your filler hand, or your foot working the pedal, um, those all have to work seamlessly in conjunction with one another. Otherwise, the results are gonna be less than desirable. Mm
0: -hmm. So what kind of advice do you usually give someone who wants to start out doing the TIG art?
1: Well, number one is to make sure that they're comfortable with the TIG process, period. You know, um, you've got to crawl before you run, you got to walk, you know, you got to make sure that you're able to produce this, the results on something flat um, before you're trying to completely just sketch out and draw a TIG weld design. Uh, and especially if the guys are starting out on mirror, you know, that's a very expensive piece or something that you've had to polish for quite some time. Uh, so I suggest starting small on something grain. Uh, making sure that they have a thick enough back plate to help absorb the excess heat that is building up in the workpiece, piece um, and just really really try to urge them to start slow and work their way into it otherwise it's very easy to get down on yourself uh, and throw in the you know throw in the towel before the magic really starts to happen
0: mm-hmm. that makes sense I can tell that it you do it whenever you do it it looks so effortless like whenever you do it it just looks like you're just going and it kind of looks automatic but i have to assume that that's from practicing over and over
1: and speeding things up eight to ten times also helps as well you know if i was playing these videos at actual time uh, no one's going to actually want to sit there and watch me doing this for you know two hours at a time Um, i think that's something that a lot of people take granted for you know the fact that this is sped up so much and that it requires it's one of the only instances in life where I can actually sit down and be patient Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's basically why I enjoy welding so much uh, it's it's like putting blinders on a horse you know Uh, it only allows me to focus on what's directly in front of me and it's one of the only times I can actually put all the BS aside be focused patient and see the work through
0: so I have two questions for you. I have a question about what is the longest piece that's ever, that you've ever had? Like how long has it taken you for like your longest piece that you've ever done?
1: Uh, for like an artwork
0: piece? Yeah. Uh,
1: that would have been the piece, uh, the bear face that I did for Bear Labs. Uh, that one was about six hours of welding. Uh, but I mean, the final image on that one was two foot by two foot and it was almost, Complete concentric welds all the way through. So I mean, there was multiple layers, weaves laid over, pulse welds, and all kinds of stuff. So that one, that one was a lot of fun.
0: And what do you think was the oddest request that you've ever got for a commission piece?
1: Um, I don't remember exactly, but someone sent me a picture of a painting, like a self-portrait painting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I thought that was. Uh, I'm not a fan of doing faces or cars. Uh, They just always kind of look cartoony to me. But I thought that someone really misunderstood exactly what I was doing. Uh, Because when I call it art, I use it in a very playful sense. I don't think I'm an artist. I think I'm a welder that transposes images onto steel. Um, (laughs) But I mean, when someone gives me an oil painting and says, can you recreate this with a welder? Uh, I've got to kind of laugh a little bit at that.
0: Yeah, because it's like, if it's soft, kind of strokes, how are you going to make it?
1: My palette is very limited to just a couple (laughs) colors. You know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's definitely something that I've noticed that you do on your Instagram when I watch your videos. You'll lay down some welds and then you play with either making them look colorful or making them not be colorful. Explain that to me because I don't understand that whole process myself about like if it's colorful or if it's not colorful and what do you want versus what you don't want. So if it's like a fabrication job, you don't want the color, is that right?
1: Well, it it doesn't necessarily, ideally you're looking for a gold weld, uh, but there's a lot of areas of industry where that doesn't matter. Uh, I came from the food grade slash pharmaceutical, um, stainless steel welding side of things. Um, And typically most of our stuff uh, wound up getting passivated. Uh, So I started pulling a lot of extra color, uh, because I would typically run my welder a little hotter, uh, which means the puddle would flow a little quicker, which means by the end of the day, I got more work done than the guy next to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And since all of those, you know, very vibrant heat signatures were getting passivated, absolutely none of that mattered. I was just looking at producing the most possible good parts each and every day. Uh, but now in some areas of industry, that's going to not necessarily be the case. So I'm only speaking from what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, cranking up that heat a little more, uh, using the bigger cups, because you're getting that those vibrant colors. Uh, it's an indication of the temperature of the weld pool when it's reintroduced uh, to an oxygen rich environment. So as you're traveling down that weld coupon art piece or whatever it may be, uh, that trailing side of that weld pool as you're traveling down. Uh, the gas, uh, the argon gas and oxygen, slowly start to mix together as you're traveling, uh, and that's when you start seeing those very vibrant colors. You know, if yeah. it was immediately exposed to uh, oxygen right after you weld it, it would completely just, you know, burn all the uh, completely oxidize and burn all of the chromium out of there. Uh, that's when you see the real nasty black welds and everything, and that's definitely not something we're after. Um, but you know, it just depends what area of industry you're working in, and uh, for me, it's really, I'm trying to pull out certain colors,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you intentionally do it. I, I knew that you did that, but I'll see other times where you don't. And then can you explain the process of passivating?
1: Uh, that's just running an electrical current through um, a mild acid of some sort uh, to where it's actually taking the oxidation and returning the stainless to its natural passive state uh, like it was just before it was welded.
0: Interesting. Hey I have to learn something new every day.
1: Smells fantastic.
0: You're being sarcastic.
1: A (laughs) hundred percent.
0: So I saw recently that you got involved with Rock the Trades. Is that something new for you to be involved in?
1: Um, We've been kind of working with them, um, me personally and then as well through the school. I know they're going to be sponsoring uh, our seniors only welding competition that's coming up, uh, but they, um, you know, they're a division of Shorehand. Uh, mm-hmm. Surehand is a staffing agency uh, that works for Blue Collar Trades. Uh, so, I mean, it was just basically a, a seamless integration there uh, because they've got a lot of different scholarships and things available for education and welding um, as well as staffing once they get the education. So it just seemed like a perfect fit Um, you know for us to work together.
0: Yeah that's awesome. So what is it that you're promoting with them right now?
1: Uh, That would be our third annual uh, senior welding competition that's coming up.
0: When is that?
1: Uh, That is February 5th um, and that is available to uh, high school seniors. I mean basically I've only been promoting through the Midwest but I mean that would we would take students uh, from anywhere in the nation honestly.
0: Okay, and then is it a certain, is it an in-person competition, and is there a certain project that they would have to do?
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to be a stick welding competition, uh, because that's what most career centers in high school focus on uh, in that area of education, um, but I mean, last year, even through the midst of COVID, let's see, we had over 100 students show up, uh, $250,000 in prizes, I mean, first place gets a, a pipe welding course tuition paid. Uh, and a Miller 260 Bobcat Welder this year, Uh, and that's just first place. Um, Anybody that shows up and even takes last place or anywhere between first and last gets a thousand dollars off their tuition. Um, It's really just a great way to get students out here to actually see the facility running. Um, It's their sneak peek into exactly how we're going to run the program. Mm
0: -hmm. So what type of a program do you have there? Is it like different parts? What, what program is it exactly? Is it for an associate's degree or like what is your program exactly there?
1: Um, no, we're a post-secondary weld training facility. So uh, we would be, you know, what students would take right after high school or a career center. Okay. Um, okay. And we are a private school. So all we offer are uh, AWS and ASME recognized certifications. I mean they'll also get an OSHA 10 and a forklift certification but it's really those those certs um, that are really you know that's where they hang their hat on all destructive bend tests
0: right and then that's what they need to be able to be prepared to go apply for a job and pass their certs you know yeah because
1: all of our all of our job placement services are going to require them to uh, drive out to uh, wherever they're testing out Uh, you know we had a couple guys going up to Wisconsin a uh, handful of guys are down in Kentucky testing, um, but, you know, we're training them in the exact uh, the exact test that they're going to have to take once they leave here, so.
0: Nice. Do you guys have a pipe welding course as well, you said?
1: Yeah, we've got a uh, 10-week structural, a 12-week fabrication, uh, and then a 20-week pipe welding course. <laughs>
0: This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family owned business based in Louisiana and they're well known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style. And right now, we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout. If you go to www.comocaps, it's dot com, and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. So for the pipe welding course... Does it seem like they do that right in a row? Like, will they just go through all of them? Or do you have some people that only come and do like certain parts and then will they come back for pipe welding or how does that work? Like, do you have to do it all all at once?
1: No. Well, the pipe welding course basically covers uh, just about everything that we have to teach here.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: so the other two programs, the, the 10 and 12 week, uh, the 10 week structural is obviously aimed to, um, you know, get guys that are gonna be working locally um, construction jobs where at least they would be the certified welder on hand, but they're probably not gonna be doing welding uh, as a job every single day in and day out. Uh, And then the fabrication course, that's kind of um, aimed at training people to do what I did, work locally uh, in fabrication shops. Uh, Between St. Louis and Springfield here, there are tons and tons of uh, stainless and aluminum fab shops. Um, And then, those skills are also something the pipe welding students learn to where once they're, you know, let's not kid ourselves, not everybody is going to want to get out in the road and stay there. Uh, yeah. So a lot of our students will get out and chase money on the road for a handful of years. Uh, and then they've got these other skills to come back and fall on to where if they want to work locally, start their own business or anything like that.
0: Are you currently doing any kind of fabrication jobs as well? Like, do you do, do you have your own place where you work? Like you have your own shop. Is that where you do the TIG art?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do all the, all the TIG art at home. Uh, I've done a handful of jobs for um, some local guys that do jet boat racing. Uh, I pick up work whenever I have the extra time. Um, Usually through the winter months, uh, I've got a little extra time at the house uh, and it's not so hot out. Uh, You know, so I can, I can pick and choose the jobs that I take anymore. So most times when I choose one, it's something I'm going to enjoy, something that's fun um, or just something that's kind of outside of the norm of what I've been able to do over the last 20 years. I still like to try to keep things as exciting as possible. So when, you know, someone sends me a jet motor housing, I've never welded one before. I want to, I want to see what I can do on, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to challenge yourself and see what you're, what you're up to like where your skills are at right and always keep trying to get better yourself
1: well and it was kind of a sneak peek and uh the cool thing about starting that project was you know it got the ball rolling uh last year at the school we made a big smoker uh, and i do believe that this winter we're going to make uh, an all-weld uh, aluminum little uh, pond skipper boat
0: yeah that sounds cool will that be like your um fabrication course will is that what they would be doing for their project in that course
1: students will be helping out for sure
0: okay 100
1: percent. but i mean that's a big enough project they can see all the rigors that actually do go into you know building something from scratch from the ground up mm-hmm.
0: so in your area because i always like to hear this um based on you know the advisors we have and the instructors what are some jobs that are local, like what kind of industry do you have around you where people are going to go after school, like where are the most jobs available?
1: Well, if they're going to be working locally, doing fab jobs, um, you know, there's uh, heat control right down the road, um, melt machine in Washington, we've had a handful of students go there, uh, but a lot of our pipe welding students are getting out uh, and chasing outages and shutdowns.
0: Are they mostly going to, like, Texas? Is that kind of where they're going, or are they going all over uh, the country? A lot of them,
1: a lot of them are uh, able to find work in St. Louis uh, right across the river uh, in Wood River, Illinois. Um, we had a handful, uh, what was that, test out and go up to Pennsylvania for a handful of weeks. So, I mean, they're, uh, it's really up to them if, you know, how far they want to travel. Uh, but, I mean, there's, there's stuff available coast to coast if they're willing to make the drive.
0: Yeah. So I know you said you've been traveling um, a lot lately. Is that for the high school, like you're doing that right now, like still going to high schools right now?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, The bulk of my travel, I mean, outside of uh, Fabtech a few weeks back, uh, has all been Mm -hmm. school-related. So I'm typically uh, hitting up high school and career centers uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I try to stay in the office on Mondays and Fridays uh that way i can still do the tours around here um and uh, you know just kind of make sure i'm still part of the team
0: <laughs> yeah are you involved at all like do you guys have a local aws chapter by you
1: uh there would be one in st louis mm-hmm. and that would be the one uh adam is the uh adam is the certified um cwi here so he de- he takes care of most of the aws stuff
0: okay Cool. Yeah, I actually got to go last week and, wait a minute, was it this week? It was one day. I went to go tour Beveler USA and there was a group of guys who all own small businesses and they made like a little, it's not AWS related, but they made their own little group like a Southwest PA welding group and they just meet up like once a month or however often and they find somewhere to do like a plant tour and they get together and get to see like you know different products or processes or whatever it is and it was really fun. let
1: well, see I do get I do get the opportunity there uh, for a lot of the employers uh, that are hiring our students to tour their facilities and stuff so it is very cool to see you know, get hand experience, where these guys are going to be working, what they're going to be doing. Nice. And it really piques my curiosity. I got to see, you know, inside a lot of places, I've always wanted to know exactly what they're working on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've been getting, it seems like we've been getting a lot of questions about actual fabrication. Like I know your TIG art is very cool. And we talked about that for a good bit. But what kind of tips could you give for students who are new to the fabrication side of welding? Uh,
1: New to the fabrication side, uh, measure twice, cut once.
0: Straight to the point, I like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, fabrication, um, unfortunately, it's something that no matter how much education you get up front, um, you're going to have to learn some things once you get your boot on the ground. Um, And that's where, you know, that's where attitude comes in. You know, as long as you've got a winning attitude and you're willing to work uh, with the team, you're not going to have any problems. But if you go into anywhere with a chip on your shoulder, think your shit don't stink, or think that just because you went to school, everybody owes you something now, that's far from the case. You know, you've got the tangible experience needed to become a welder, uh, but those guys on that shop floor uh, are going to be your best friends or your worst enemies. And it's up to you and how you approach them as to how they're going to let you fit into that team Uh, and you want to be a member uh, that is going to help not hinder that's for damn sure
0: yeah yeah I kind of figured just based on you know how many people follow you on Instagram that you probably get asked a lot of questions and we talked about that but how often would you say that um that you're able to like reply you know and and help people and then I'm sure that they're grateful, you know, whenever you do reach out, because you take me as the person who would be helpful if somebody asks a question.
1: I try to reach out as often as possible. Um, I, of course, I don't get back to everyone immediately. Um, but I mean, a lot of the questions are pretty simple. Hey, I'm having a quick issue here, a quick issue there. Um, those are, you know, those are easy to resolve and people by, by far are grateful for it. And that's awesome. Um, but then I do get a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of, I swear there must be 10,000 companies in Pakistan making gloves.
0: Oh my God. Don't even get me started. You
1: know, they you know, message us.
0: Oh, every day I get a message. Yeah. I use
1: the same gloves for five years now, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I I, I
1: I just don't get it. No matter how many times you tell them no, they don't understand that you're not interested, you know? Um oh.
0: Yeah. They literally will say to me, hello, sir. And I say, uh-huh. <laughs> "I say, well, first of all, I'm a woman. And then they go, then like two days later, they say, sorry. And then they say, sir, we have gloves for you. They'll literally keep calling me, sir.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, they're, they're out there scrambling, trying to make a buck too, though. So
0: yeah, everybody has to eat, right?
1: Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So whenever these people are messaging you, are they like, just like sending you pictures and videos of like what they're experiencing and then, and then you try and help them out, like to tweak their settings or change what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, a lot of times they'll ask me a question. That'll be one of the first things I say. do you have a picture? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when someone explains what's going wrong and I see a picture, you know, that, that gives me enough information to at least point them in the right direction. You know, cause uh, once you look at a weld pool, there's a lot of ways that you can tell, you know, were they too far away? Did they have the torch angle too, too exaggerated? You know, there's a, a lot of different things, or you can tell if, you know, someone may be having a problem and have the polarity reversed. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that completely be overlooked in the setup product, process to where they're having problems altogether because they just don't have one thing plugged into the right spot or not, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's really nice that you at least try and help out because I know that a lot of people don't answer their messages. So I I think that's good that you do that for the younger I didn't have the luxury
1: of Instagram uh, and all of these people to help me whenever I had questions back in the day. So I'm just trying to pay it forward. You know, um, I get just as much benefit out of being on Instagram and TikTok as anybody that follows me. You know, I see someone else doing something that I'm not able to do and it motivates me to try and work towards that. So, we're all getting benefit from this, whether or not I'm in and out of someone's DM all day or not. You know, it's I learned by watching. So, Instagram is by far one of the coolest tools I've ever had in my back pocket because I can see everyone's technique and try to match it, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast.
1: No, I appreciate you having me. Um, it, was, it was great. I, I enjoyed meeting you guys all face to face. It's nice whenever I actually get to meet someone. Uh, and then come back around and talk to them, you know it, it it makes it feel that much more natural, so
0: yeah, for sure, and I'm excited. I hope that we can do some stuff coming up in the future, and you know, I think that everybody would be happy to see you, so I think that that's something that we should definitely continue talking. We'll, we'll about work on today.
1: getting some more video content available over the winter, for sure.
0: Yeah, awesome. Do you want to tell everybody who might not know you where to find you?
1: Uh, well, you can find Sean Floatman, better known as Mr. Dabs Wellington, um, under that name on Instagram, under that name on TikTok. You can see anything that I have going on on a weekly basis at American Welding Academy uh, on either Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok as well. So uh, don't miss a single second of what we got going on here, folks. It's, uh, it's been the coolest year of my life to be part of this organization, and uh, I'm looking forward to many more.
0: all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.